0: They say you can't be what you can't see. I can't necessarily overcome if I don't feel like anybody else has overcome that situation, right? But if I can point to somebody and say, that's a similar experience that I'm having, this person made it out, I'm going to be okay. I can make it out.
1: You're listening to the Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with entrepreneur Gary Williams. He says it is okay to pivot with power. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. If you are brand new here here's what you need to know. This is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We truly believe in the 12th century definition of wealth, which says it's about the condition of well-being. So each and every week, we seek to unpack what that means. What does that look like in what we call the six pillars of wealth? How does our interactions with the other parts of our lives actually connect to how we manage our finances? And if you are brand new to this concept, I say go to the website patricewashington.com forward slash start here. You'll get a free audio training where you can learn more about the six pillars and how they apply to your life. Now, before we dive into this incredible episode, like I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. I have to let you know that it's brought to you by Capital One. If you've been with me for a while, you know I love partnering with Capital One because we share a similar mission and message. We are both passionate about purpose and community. And so when I heard about their latest initiative, Resilience Reimagined, I knew that I wanted to be a part of telling the inspiring stories of individuals and communities who are finding new ways to work, connect, build, and grow in this new climate. Now it goes without saying that we all had big plans for what not just a new year would bring, but a new decade. And I know you, you're a purpose chaser. So you knew exactly what purpose you were chasing. You walked into 2020 with this certainty that this would be your year. And then, somebody say, and then. And then a global pandemic emerged. It was followed by unprecedented job loss in one of the greatest social justice uprisings of modern times, and that wasn't planned, right? It wasn't what you planned, and I know. But you know here at Redefining Wealth that we've learned to always look for the lesson or the blessing, and this time, it's absolutely no different. And today's guest, Gary Williams, illustrates that so beautifully in this episode. I just couldn't even believe how in alignment We are. So let me tell you about them, and then we'll jump into the episode. As co-founder and creative powerhouse of Creative Theory Agency, a full-service marketing agency specializing in diversity consulting and cultural storytelling, Gary Williams leads a team that helps brands understand who they are so they can add to the conversation, not the noise. Over the course of the last decade, he's worked with a team of award-winning creatives, to tell diverse stories, turning some of the top companies in the world into brands that bring value to the communities they serve. With a client list that includes everyone from Google to YouTube, Under Armour, Nike, BMW, and more, he's led and created compelling content that is driven by inclusive ideation that results in authentic narratives. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Gary Williams. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast,
0: Gary. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me first of all. This is this is great. I'm excited to talk to you.
1: I'm excited to talk to you. You have been up to a lot this year and this episode is all about the power of a pivot and that's exactly what you've been able to do. With grace. At least it looks like grace (laughs) from my end. With grace this year.
0: Much grace. much.
1: (laughs) Tell us about the work that you're doing with the Creative Theory Agency. Well, what you were doing before COVID and tell us what you had planned for 2020.
0: Oh, wow. That's a good question. As a, you know, creative agency, full service creative agency, we dealt with a lot of events and activations. So we were... Traveling, you know, we had plans to do big travel plans and big activation plans, and you know, all of these plans on being out in these streets. As you know, <laughs> as you I, know, I planned
1: to be out in the streets too, <laughs> Gary. Didn't go that way,
0: right? You know, it, so obviously, when COVID hit, that changed for everybody, not just us, you know, for everybody. Our plans might have changed, but our purpose didn't, right? So we were still focused on lifting black and brown voices, sharing underrepresented stories, making sure we're amplifying underrepresented communities and telling those stories in impactful and thoughtful ways, right? And so it was really okay, our our purpose is still the same, we just have to change the plan, right? And you say pivot. So now what's the plan since we can't go outside? How do we convert these experiences to virtual experiences and create it to where it has a similar impact to IRL experiences, right? And real life experiences. So it took a bit of, I think one from our clients, I think everybody took a step back and said, okay, one, we don't know how long we're gonna be in this. And then two, you know, same question, how do we pivot? And I think it took about three months for people to really, one, grasp that this isn't going anywhere anytime soon. (laughs) So whatever we need to do, we need to do it now. We need to figure it out. I would say about two to three months ago, our inbox really started filling up. Folks were looking for us, looking to us to help them pivot and help them curate these experiences virtually in in impactful and thoughtful ways, right? And so that's kinda what we were doing before. Again, like I said, our purpose never shifted. But, you know, we had to obviously change plans and figure things out like everyone else.
1: I love that you said the plan may have changed, but my purpose didn't shift. That is the same vibe I was on day one. Yeah, Because just like you, I'm really known as a speaker. Mm-hmm. And so I'm used to being on stages and never being home more than a week at a time and being gone. And when you yeah. say that thing changed, <laughs> it changed, it seemed like it changed overnight. But one of the things that I was sharing with people as well is that, your purpose isn't postponed, right? You just have to look for a new way to deliver the same value, like you said, in real life, deliver the same value, but with the formats that you have available to you, Mm -hmm. right? So that shift led you to the Resilience Project, right? I want to know what your mission was behind the Resilience Project and even what does that all entail? Like explain it to the audience because I think it's dope.
0: Yeah, so... Again, and you talk about shifting and pivoting in the midst of COVID, again, being a creative agency and then me myself being a chief creative officer, my immediate thought was when COVID hit was one, I knew that our community, black and brown folks were being, you know, affected more than our other communities, right? And so what can we do to help this community? What can we do to help our community? Zooming out again, what what can we do to help Not just our community, but everybody, you know, in a sense, because everybody's being affected. Yes, we were being affected more, but at the same time, everybody was being affected. I wanted to do something, one, directly in our community that could be seen, felt, it was tangible here in our community here in D.C., and then one that could also go outside of D.C., you know, and and reach other folks uh, who weren't necessarily in our direct community. I knew the power of art. I knew the power of storytelling. And then I also know the power of support. And all of these things, specifically support, are things that help us, aid us in being resilient, right? You know, I don't think anybody is necessarily resilient by themselves, if that makes sense. I think there comes a time when you're faced with challenges or setbacks that somebody, whether it gives you a word gives you a hand, gives you a check, somebody is aiding in your ability to be resilient. And as the agency, Creative Theory, we wanted to be that support and that help for our our community. So that's how the Resilient Project came along. One, we wanted to focus on art, but then also focus on storytelling, and then also focus on resourcefulness and support, supporting our community. So that's literally what it is. We did an art mural or a mural, I would say, in the Union Market District here in D.C., over 2,000 feet, huge wall with the word resilience on it. It's incredible. It's breathtaking when you go over there and, and, you, and you're able to witness it. Um, and then we put a web component to it where we captured stories of a variety of individuals from service industry workers to our nurses and doctors, our educators, our freelancers and creative individuals, and really gathered stories from these individuals on how they were being resilient in this time you know and what resilient meant to them and that to me you know the murals great the resource directory is great but the stories i think is what's really impactful stories allow or make way for empathy you know and then when we have empathy we can better coexist together and we better understand each other and so the thought behind the the gathering of stories was to let folks know that you're not in this alone. Everybody is in this and everybody's dealing with something, whether it's great or small, everybody has faced a challenging time in this time of COVID and had to pivot, whether it's in one way or two ways, people have been challenged with being resilient. And I wanted folks to know, people that come to the site to know I'm not alone, and hopefully, see yourself in someone. You know, whether it's a nurse. You know, um, we had a great story from a woman who was a singer, and she was on tour when COVID hit, and then obviously that stopped, and that was her main source of income. But she had also gone to school to be a nurse, and so she stopped singing, she stopped her passion, and decided to go on the front lines and be a nurse in New York. Wow! Story she told about seeing the effects of COVID in her community, at the hospital and having to stay resilient and stay hopeful. And not only for her, but for her patients that she was caring for, and for the folks that were, I mean, just incredible stories. That's just one of the stories, but Again, so uh, that was a long winded answer, but.
1: No, that was good. I, I really, I really love it. And we definitely align on this because I just believe so much in the power of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And my entire platform was built on me sharing a very yes. difficult story through my own hardship. And That's what restores hope. Like I completely agree with you on so many levels that people need to see themselves Mm -hmm. in possibly someone else's story to know what's possible for them. That if it happened for them, there's got to be a way for me to pivot, for me to shift, for me to not feel isolated, but to go get the support that I need and to do it without shame. Because a lot of people don't share their stories because they're typically things that you might feel ashamed of, embarrassed about, guilty about. But when you see someone else do it, you're like, okay. And look at at people gravitating toward that story. It's actually the complete opposite of what we think is going to happen when we hide our stories.
0: Right. Right. That's so true. And I, I take it back to, you know, they say you can't be what you can't see. Right. And at the same time, I can't necessarily overcome if I don't feel like anybody else has overcome that situation, right? But if I can point to somebody and say, that's a similar experience that I'm having, this person made it out, I'm going to be okay, I can make it out, right? And so that was really the kind of the foundation of gathering these stories. Hopefully that someone who comes to this page can see themselves in somebody and say, okay, this person is doing it, is making it, I'm going to do the same thing and I'm going to make it. Whatever it is, I'm going to figure out how to to make it through this situation.
1: Yeah, that's good. I noticed you said that the art wall was was nice. And I know the, the real juice is in the stories. But I have to say, that art wall is magnificent. Oh, like I you. wish <laughs> I was in D.C. Listen, if you're listening and you're in D.C., do yourself a favor and go check out this wall. I got to see the video clip, which you guys will see on my social media page. Listen, it is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, y'all you. did your thing. <laughs> yeah, it really is. a. I know I'm the one on this podcast, but I would be remiss if I didn't uplift my team who really brought it to life. Yes, was a visionary behind it, but it took a team to really bring it to life. Our art director, the one who designed the wall, I mean, he did an incredible job. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. And yes, if you're in DC, please go by and check it out. And also there's a VR component as well to it. So if you hold your phone up to the wall, You'll get a little surprise, a little surprise and delight moment in Instagram.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So tell me this. How did your partnership with Capital One come together? Because they're they're the glue for the two of us. So that's how we met. So how did your partnership with Capital One come together? And how does your mission align with their mission, which is to change banking for good?
0: When we were initially coming up with uh, the Resilience Project and, and ideating to be honest, at first we didn't necessarily think we were going to look for a sponsor or a partnership in this case just because we we wanted to kind of fund it ourselves and have control over it and you know sometimes when you do partnerships, companies or brands want to take control of it and you know kind of put their stamp on it and it takes a little bit of the authenticity away. So, for that reason we were kind of like, ah, uh, do we want to partner with somebody? But at the end of the day, we thought this was a project that should be amplified and if we could find the right partner we believed it could be amplified correctly and appropriately. And so a few of my friends work within the Capital One system there or company. And so I was like, you know, let me, I knew, one, I knew of things that Capital One was doing in the community. And then I had read some things about, you know, their support of the Black community and some of the things they were, again, like I said, in the community that were really, I thought, impactful and really not just lip service, right? They were, you about. Company, especially in this day and age, people, you know, putting up black squares, saying they stand with Black Lives Matter, yada yada yada. But very few of those companies are really putting their money where their mouth is or really trying to affect change within the community. But after I did my research, I found that Capital One was one of those companies that was really and honestly, truly doing the work within the community. So I just took a shot, I sent it over to a friend of mine who works there. They were like, this is amazing. We love it. How can we support? And here we're actually doing this, 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 you know, that really aligns with your mission. And come to find out, they were actually working on a very similar concept that, um, called a reimagine, uh series, which kind of focused on resilience as well with their small businesses and their corporate relationships there. So I was like, this is amazing. They, they are literally, our missions are in sync and aligned. Uh, you couldn't ask for a better partner. And then what really sold me was, like I said before, you know, sometimes you do these partnerships and the big brand wants to come in and kind of swallow up the mm-hmm. work. But they really, you know, bought into our, our mission and our vision and said, you know, you guys do what you want to do. We believe in it. Take it where you want to take it. How can we amplify this? You know, not how can we come in and make it a capital one experience? And, you know, it was mm-hmm. really, oh, you know, we want to amplify this. We want to make sure this gets out nationally. Globally, yada, yada, yada. Um, so that, for me, was kind of like the, the stamp uh, of approval there, because I've done a lot of partnerships in my past. It rarely, I would say, goes that way. <laughs> um,
1: I so, understand.
0: <laughs> yeah, You know, you know, it rarely goes that way. But I think that's a testament to how, again, how aligned we were in mission and how aligned we were around our storytelling and uplifting these underrepresented communities and really doing the work within the communities. Had that not been the case, we wouldn't have done this partnership. But it was the case. And that's why Capital One was the perfect partner for this project. And, I, and I've said this. That's not even like a talking point. I've literally said this to everybody that has asked me about the, the, uh, the mural project. Um, it really, It really, really, really is like an organic, authentic partnership.
1: I love it. I love it. And by the time I heard about it all, right, the work that they wanted to do with communities that were disproportionately impacted during the pandemic. I've been a brand influencer with them for Mm -hmm. years. But to your point, it's always very authentic and aligned. Not just because this is the big thing right now. This is hot. It's been a very consistent journey, I know, for myself for the last several years. So when I heard about Resilience Reimagined, I was pumped because one of the things that my audience has known about me for years is that I usually say that resilience is my superpower. So I share a lot of my story, a lot of the valley moments, the trials, because I don't like to talk from mountaintop to mountaintop, right? Right. Right. We've all had some valley moments that we need to share in order for others to overcome, too. And so how did you know? I just have to go back to this for this whole resilience piece. Mm -hmm. How did you know that sharing stories ultimately would be such an important piece of just helping the community as a whole bounce back? Like, do you have a story Because we know you have this popping agency and you had 20, (laughs) your 2020 was planned out. But before CTA or even since you've, you know, found a CTA, have you ever had one of those valley moments?
0: Yes, I think we've all had valley moments. I, I hesitate when I talk about my valley moments, I hesitate to call them valleys because I know people that have real valleys, right? When I think about my life, I haven't really had any. I would not say real values, but I haven't had any substantial values, but I've had, I've, I've had lows. And I think the, the one that comes to mind for me, um, before, before this agency, before creative theory, before Brazilians project, all of this, I was working um, as a graphic designer for a government contractor right out of college. I got the job and I had been there for like seven years, really comfortable, really just, you know, It was a government contract job. It was plush. You know, it was easy. And I was doing my photography, which is my passion. I was doing that on the side and weddings, you know, all that stuff, baby baby showers, and then doing like my own creative stuff as well. And over those seven years, I had really made a name for myself as far as in the creative field uh, and landscape and built like quite a, a good clientele list. And then it got to seven years. And if anybody knows contracting work, you lose a contract. Oftentimes there's layoffs if you don't, you know, get another contract. So we lost a major contract that I was on and I made it to the last round of cuts. And so finally after seven years, I got laid off and they gave me three months severance. And I think for most, you know, getting laid off is is a is a low, is a valley. I didn't necessarily see it as a low. I was definitely kind of like, uh, you know. I didn't have any plans as far as what I was going to do. I knew one that I could get a job. I had a clearance. If I wanted to go back into the government, I could I could get a job. But I didn't want to. <laughs> I wanted to pursue my passion. I wanted to see where my passion would lead me if I really gave it 110%, right? And so I used those 3 months to really just go for it. And I said, you know, if these 3 months don't pan out, I'll go back. I'll get a nine to five. I'll you know I'll do what I need to do to work. Within a month of that, three months of like really giving my passion all my attention, I uh, ended up a buddy of mine who was working at a large agency uh, in New York called me for like this amazing job with Dick Sporting Goods, one of his clients. It was two weeks of work. Uh, And I was gone for two weeks, literally on the road for two weeks producing content for this series that the Exporting Goods was doing. And this was like 2000, if I'm correct, 2016, I believe, or 15. One of those years. Um, And those two weeks of work matched the salary that I was getting paid at my government job. Right.
1: Your annual salary?
0: My annual salary.
1: Well, come on, somebody.
0: Right. And so (laughs) and that's exactly what I said. So for me that was the moment that was a stamp of approval that was a sign i needed to say this is it this is what your purpose is this is what you should be doing and from there i never looked back things continued to to kind of snowball for me opportunities continued to come in and you know fast forward to now and and here i am there's a lot in between that but again i don't necessarily call that a valley moment but i think it wasn't a valley moment for me because I didn't accept it as a valley moment. I think for a lot of people, it might have been, oh, I got laid off. I don't know what I'm going to do. You can easily see how that may be a down point for someone. Um, but for me, I chose to, uh, to, to look that valley in the eye and say, you know what? I'm in control of kind of my destiny. I'm going to take control of this. I'm going to you know, give my passion, my attention. And if it doesn't work out, sure, I'll go back to this nine to five. But I'm not going to be satisfied if I don't try to make this thing work. And so, I think when I look back, I didn't recognize, you know, the resilience in that moment. Yeah. But now talking about it, <laughs> it the same thing I was saying. But it, it it takes somebody is supporting you through your resilience. You don't know what that looks like. It could be a word. It could be a Check it could be a hand whatever that looks like. My friend Danny Christensen is actually his name, who gave me this opportunity to work with exporting goods was my aid and my support in that time to be resilient. One, but also to know like there's bigger things out here for you. You are in your purpose. That's kind of my my resilient moment. And to be honest, up until now, I didn't really see it as that. Uh, I know talking through it <laughs> talking through it it's it's definitely a moment.
1: I think it gives so many other people permission as well because you know you kind of started out with saying well it's not really a valley or you ha- you didn't really yeah. consider it to be a valley and I hear that a lot with people, where it's almost like a comparison of valleys. Yes, but your valley is your valley. Your but, valley. Yes. <laughs> but what I love is that you reframed it and you did it quickly. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the keys to resilience. Almost like what you started with is that you know, COVID hit, and it was like, okay, we got to make moves, right? And where some people take two, three, six, twelve months to be yeah. like, okay, so what we're gonna do? I find that like, and there's a study about this that just deals with trauma in general, that when you can move quickly, yes. you, you have a better chance of like mm-hmm. overcoming it, right? But your story just really sh- reminds us, like you say, that resilience does require relationships. Yes. Relationships are so key. And one of the things that we talk about here at Redefining Wealth is creating relationships that matter. Mm. Danny was available because... You know, for the yeah. intro, because yeah. you probably had a good relationship. Yes. <laughs> so yes. we That's- we always want to make sure that we take care of our people pillar and yeah. that we honor it because you never know yeah. when those times will come and you will want to connect with someone or... So true. You know, so don't go around burning bridges and talking crazy.
0: You better tell them.
1: Keep your relationships intact.
0: I think, and you made it, that's a very good point. Like uh, resilience requires relationship. And I think even with the the mural and the stories is taking into account that some may not have great relationships that offer them the opportunity to be resilient. Right. So, again, I'm hoping those people who may not have a friend, who may not have a church or may not have a community that they can go to, to hear a story or get a helping hand, that they can come to the mural site and they can see somebody and identify somebody who is going through what they're going through, but who is overcoming what they're going through. And then also with the helpfulness directory, find that helping hand within that directory that may be able to be that push that they need to get through this situation.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. So in the Resilience Reimagined video clip that I saw of you, you referenced that the future of creative theory agency is a blank slate. Some people would be freaked out (laughs) by this idea of a blank slate. But so what's your philosophy for handling the uncertainty that maybe so many people listening feel right now?
0: Yeah, that's it. One, I'm an artist, so blank slates don't scare me. But uh, <laughs> that, that's a me, word. <laughs> to me, blank, blank states mean opportunity. And so when I say blank slate, it is a bit of uncertainty there. But what I learned, even from the story I just told, is that nothing's certain. I don't care how long you've been at a job, I don't care how long you've been doing something, nothing is certain. And we, we know that now through COVID. Everybody was living certain lives, and then COVID hit who would have thought this was coming right and so we don't operate from you know a certainty scale and and that sounds crazy like what do you mean you don't have like business goals and things like no that's not what i mean we definitely have goals we want to hit we definitely have things that we set out to do but we also know that at any moment those things can change and so when those things do change or happen to shift we don't go you know directly to the pits we are not Caught off guard in a sense, because I think that's when you really get down and out when something you may have thought was certain doesn't happen the way you think it should or thought it would. And now you are off kilter or you're knocked off your plan. You don't know what to do. So we operate understanding that things will change, things will come, things will go. But most importantly, what's for us is for us. Right. And so, you know, if we do. We get RFPs all the time, and we, we're always pitching, and we don't win everything, but we're not pouting when we don't win, okay? It's, okay, that wasn't for us, but we also know one door closes, another one opens. So again, it's about perspective for us, uh, and and really, one, being grateful for the work that we have, and being grateful for the work that we have, but also not broken by the work that we don't get. Come on, Gary.
1: Yeah. I'm going to throw this whole laptop.
0: <laughs> no, don't, don't throw your laptop. <laughs> <laughs> that no, is no, a that's word. Real. That's, that's
1: real. real. That's how I feel too. I, I resonate with everything that you just said. And a mentor taught me long ago to be committed to the vision, but not attached to how you get there.
0: Mm. And right that right
1: freed me Yes. like seven years ago to not be so attached. You know, some people think, the only way they're going to succeed if it is if it looks like this and this and yep. this, and this person does this and this goes this way, and I get that deal, and this happens, and I'm so like go with the flow, I think I scare my team, they're getting it, but I think they're like she's a little too relaxed for me, but the truth is, I'm committed to the vision, the purpose, mm-hmm. the call that I believe is on my life, and I believe that it's going to be accomplished, however it needs to be accomplished. I have yes. no attachment to a, a number, a download number, uh, nothing like I have no attachment to that, but to do what I was called to do and enjoy yeah. every minute of it.
0: That's so true. I, I'm, I always believe we do what we can do, what we're supposed to do and kind of let the chips fall where they fall. Right. Um, and as a believer, I say, you know, I do what I'm supposed to do and let God do what I can't do. And so whether that's however you want to take that, like I'm doing what's naturally possible. I'm expecting him to do what's supernaturally impossible for me. And so if I do all I can do, all I know how to do, all he's, you know, granted me to do, the ability, and it doesn't pan out the way I thought it would, that means something else is coming. And that opportunity wasn't for me. So I'm with you on that. I think we are aligned there. We, are, we got a lot of alignments here. We you know. <laughs> I'm writing notes down.
1: Yeah, this is good. This is going to be a blessing. So listen, before I let you go, I have to ask you what we call some redefining wealth rapid wisdom questions. Okay, are okay. so you going to tell us the first thing that comes to mind, okay?
0: Okay, let's do it.
1: How do you define success?
0: For me, for me, success is the ability to operate within your purpose without being attached to the method you get there.
1: Awesome. All right. This one's a little harder. How do you define wealth in three words or less?
0: Knowledge, investment, and savings. That's like so literal, but (laughs) yeah. That's good.
1: All right. What's one book that has helped you redefine the term wealth?
0: Oh, this is going to sound crazy, but it would probably be a purpose-driven life. I know that book wasn't necessarily on wealth, but it was on purpose. And I think when you talk about purpose as a whole, everything's connected to purpose. Uh, And so when you know your purpose, I think you can better understand how to operate in this world financially, uh, along with other other ways as, as well. For a long time, and I'm going to be honest, I wasn't financially literate for a while. And one, because I was just, again, dibble-dabbling in my purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, doing doing a nine-to-five and then doing my little side hustle. Um, but it wasn't until I read that book that I really honed in on, okay, you need to get serious about life, right? And financial literacy and, and wealth is a major part of living a fulfilled life. So that was probably the book for me.
1: I'm I'm cracking up because you're like, this is going to sound crazy, but our tagline, our mantra here is chase purpose, not money. (laughs) And <laughs> Listen, I
0: even know I didn't even know that.
1: What so you're like, you're like, literally. I know my listeners are like, what? That sound exactly like us. What are you talking? <laughs> about? Like you're like, you know, you know, you mentioned purpose and how it helps you basically set your priorities yes. and the fulfillment and how that all connects to financial literacy. Uh, yes, I basically thumbs up. Go ahead. You basically summed up three years of my work. That's wow. literally what we teach. That's our mantra here. That's what we believe. And you, you definitely are completely it.
0: Because I, I, my father, my parents really have always kind of taught me that. Right? And it just took a while for it to click, but they've always taught me to chase purpose. You know, and everything else will fall in line after that. And so, even to this day, I don't, I don't chase money. Money is not a goal of mine. We have. Obviously, any business should have projections. But at the end of the day, that is not what motivates us. We have a greater purpose, greater calling that we are tending to. You know, the yeah. money will come. That is not a priority of ours, a concern of ours. I know my team is probably like, what? They, what do you mean you don't, you don't <laughs> care about money? But I think they also understand if we do what we're supposed to do and we, and we stay in our purpose, that we'll, we will be okay.
1: Yeah, it becomes the natural byproduct. Yes. Right. It's yes. it's the natural byproduct. And yes. I love that you're you're a testament to that. So this is the last one. You're gonna fill in the blank. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is.
0: My name is Gary Williams Jr. And the truth about wealth is it's not attached to money, it's attached to mental, spiritual health.
1: Amen. <laughs> Also all parts of redefining wealth. See, you you you're just <laughs> you just completely alignment yeah, here. Listen,
0: this <laughs> you would have thought I read something before this. I didn't no, it's know perfect. that that's really I I had no idea, which is crazy. Um, and now that you that these things you're saying are aligning, I'm gonna to have to make sure I listen to your podcast more often.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. It's definitely in alignment and it makes complete sense. Shout out to Capital One for Yes, yes. you know, bringing us together. I know they have a series of, you know, different partners and influencers coming together with folks who are doing great work in the community like you. And somebody was listening to both of us cuz they said, "You know who should go together. The these two That's should true. probably That's be matched." True. And that was definitely a wise choice. So Gary. Thank you so much for being with us. I know this episode is going to be such a blessing to so many people who are in that place where maybe they were running Mm. from the pivot and this conversation will give them an opportunity to finally embrace it. So thank you for the work that you're doing and just for being here today.
0: Thank you for having me. This was great. I'm inspired. I'm encouraged. So thank you so much.
1: All right. Now, didn't I tell you that would be amazing? Literally, I was in this interview wanting to just close the laptop down and throw it. (laughs) I just love so much of what Gary shared. He had major, major takeaways and little mantras and things that I think we all need to commit to memory. These are the ones that really stood out to me. First of all, plans may shift, but purpose doesn't. Now, who does that sound like? Is that not your girl, right? Plans may shift, but purpose doesn't. Resilience doesn't happen in isolation. As a matter of fact, resilience takes place with relationships. I just love that. And have seen that over and over again in my own life. There's so many of the times that I got up, I didn't just jump up by myself. Like Gary said, there were people who gave an encouraging word, a book suggestion, an an idea, forwarded an email that ended up changing the game for me, like made an introduction. It can come in so many forms. Don't be attached to what it has to look like, but know that you're going to need people in this season, in every season, but really in this season in particular. I love that even in his story, it sounded like the layoff that he experienced, it was a setup for a step up. It wasn't an L in terms of like he took some type of loss. It was actually such a lesson and a blessing. And it gave him the opportunity to give his passion attention. And I think that's another big takeaway. If you're in this season and you know it's time to pivot, you feel like you're being pushed into a pivot of some kind, use this as an opportunity to give your passion. And your purpose, your attention, undivided attention. And this was also a big one. I got to put this on Instagram. Blank slates mean opportunity. They don't scare me. When he said blank slates mean opportunity. And I'm not an artist. So never really thought of it that way, but love the way Gary articulated it. It was just everything. Really, really love this episode. I hope that you do too. So make sure you rate and review. And again, thank you to Capital One for sponsoring this episode. You get to watch Gary's Resilience Reimagined video and other stories at CapitalOne.com forward slash about. CapitalOne.com forward slash about. The entire video series is about shining a light on the power of human resilience during COVID. And these stories are about people like you and I who've just overcome difficult circumstances or difficult moments through their unique ingenuity, fortitude, compassion. So I want you to go check it out. It's at CapitalOne.com forward slash about. And listen, if you're in the D.C. area, make sure you go and see Gary's mural, his team's mural in like real time. We'll have all the details in the show notes. So make sure you head on over. And that's it for us today, you guys. Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later.